Everybody, welcome back. It's Bird Road Podcast. What's your name? Wait. <laughs> you fucked this up again, Q. I'm Q. <laughs> and I'm Jewish Dave. This is Bird Road Podcast. And this is Bird Road. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey, everybody. Oh, now you sound like shit again. Okay, cool. Let's just hey. jump right in. <laughs> you sound awful. <laughs> I do? Yeah. Also, my song sounded terrible. <laughs> but did it feel good that it was like playing you in? Yeah, no. I, I love it. It sounded terrible. <laughs> oh man, this is just gonna be part of our thing, I guess. No, it can't be. That's I don't like that shit. I don't like people like the the tacit asking of forgiveness for incompetence by like sort of falling into the incompetence i don't like that shit dude i don't like like just giving up on trying to improve (laughs) oh so um first thing on the agenda today is the day virtually the no exactly the day after we recorded last week's podcast uh we um of course as pretty much anybody who's not hiding under a rock knows there was a uh a uh, mass shooting about oh, 30 miles from the Bird Road Studios um, in the in uh, Parkland, which is in Broward County in South Florida. Uh, 17 students died um, at that high, at Marjorie uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. High school I've actually been to a lot to cover sports in South Florida, like during my time at the Miami Herald, oh. and um, uh, have, have visited a bunch of times. It's, a, it's one of these just enormous high schools. It's like monster 3000 kids there um so yeah i don't know there's no jokes really like there's no like lightheartedness or anything yeah i don't even tough, uh, topic to open the show on <laughs> yeah i don't even like the the takes of like taking shots at people with the thoughts and prayers thing like even that it's like come on like what else what are you gonna do I've t- i think this is one of those topics where we've talked about it before where it's not um, an intellectual debate or an argument anymore, even though it used to be in like the gun control debate, right? That you could probably program two bots to just have the same argument back and forth and go down the same little decision tree yeah. of, of rebuttals. Cause it's all the same shit over and over. Same thing. Um, it's not like, it's not even a point. There's not even a point to it anymore. Really. When you think, think about it, because most of the people who are on the side of no gun control, the people who are on the side of gun rights have dropped, like so many other people on the right side of issues these days, they've dropped their pretense of ever having cared about the intellectual debate about the right. efficacy or whatever the statistics say or whatever the case studies would say or whatever, you know, sensible, quote unquote, sensible gun legislation would be. Um, they don't care anymore. Like, there's no point. It's like, it's kind of like the racism thing. Like, there used to be an argument about. Oh well, that's not racism. We're not racist, and now a lot of these people are just like, "Oh well, fuck it, yeah, we are racist." What are you? Gonna By do the way, it it took. I noticed it took about twelve hours to go from well, actually, mental health is the problem to no, there's no problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what they seem to be saying now. Um, and so I don't, yeah, yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't know where the conversation goes at that point. There's no problem. Period. 
Yeah, and I, one thing I've noticed, it seems like it's it's um, it, it, what's absent from the discourse is discourse from the other side. Like, I don't see, and I know you said that you are seeing people on your Facebook. I don't know, Facebook's different because it's like your the the aunts of people that you used to date and shit right, like that. exactly, like their uncles and stuff, and the people that you they're not. I don't know. Old high they're, school friends. They're not people who are really part of the national discourse. Like, I don't know. Or unless you follow people like that on Facebook. But I, I tend to think that that's more like behavior of Twitter, right? You curate your Twitter stream so that it can stand it, be a stand-in for your news. So you right. get your news off Twitter. I don't know if you do that. I do that. And I think a lot of people do that. And um, so what I think is missing from the other side is like the sort of the, you know, the, the Sean Hannity... Mike Cernovich, you know, uh, right wing response. It just doesn't seem like if they are responding, they don't care. They they don't really care. And and the reason what I attribute that to is maybe there was some sort of false uh, threat that they felt under Obama that somebody was actually literally going to come take their guns and get their mm. guns from them. like the whole come and take it thing. You know that that, that took off as like a, a rallying cry for these um, mongoloids. For a long time, and uh, but I, I guess they don't. They, if I were them, if I was on that side of the issue, and I thought that it was that it's my God-given right to have like thirty different AR-15s, and I was threatened by the fact that somebody might put out legislation saying that I can only have twenty-nine. Like, and I, I felt a real existential threat in my throat about that being something that could jeopardize my liberty. If if I was a person like that, I feel fine right now. I wouldn't even feel like why engage in a toxic discourse of people with people I don't agree with. I've won. Well, I've here's won. The, here's the thing. I've won supremely, and there's nothing that's going to change it because not just everybody on the right, but everybody in the center is let them bitch, let them moan, but at the end of the day, they're fine with it. They're okay with these things happening. Right. Well, here's the thing too, as and like you're more you know well read on all these topics and everything but i thank think, you yeah but i think because you like you were just saying about twitter how you how you get to uh you know create your own feed of, of things you want to see i think maybe you're a little more in an echo chamber than i am no, because dude, i follow I, I, I follow crazy shit <laughs> I, know, I, follow, I know i know but but follow, i'm just saying i follow Infowars. i follow like really the weird me stuff. the memes these people share and take as gospel I mean, it's pretty clear that they still think that there is a threat to their way of life, whatever that is. Uh, and and they, they all, I know it's so weird. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it's not just a threat to them, but also, you know, and this is something that, you know, a lot of people have said before, but it's a whole other set of facts. It's it's things that are provably wrong. Yeah. Objectively untrue. Like, yeah. Just, uh, prima facie, not true things right. i don't know there's not a a thing that's gonna fuck man I, I even saying there's nothing that's gonna change it feels fucking trite there's nothing to there's it's just shamelessness now like it doesn't matter it's it, it, it there used to be you know that there was a you know that there was a story that came out four days ago where uh and i'm a pretty i'm a pretty like extremely online person but there was a story that came out that um donald trump had an affair with a completely different Playboy model from back right. in like 2000. Just any other president ever, that coming out. Can you imagine that would be 
every no. single story that everybody is talking about. It would yeah, be it every story. It, it was, was I didn't even notice it until today. Somebody had pointed it out, and I was like, "Wait, what? What now? What happened?" You're talking about the play, the playmate, right? Yeah, the playmate, the playmate. <laughs> no, there's a porn star, a playmate. There's probably going to be another one after another one after another. Candace one. Bergen <laughs> and nobody. Dolly will Parton. All it's just it's just going to be blip after little blip that doesn't do much of anything. Uh, yeah. So, in the context of things that actually matter. Um, it, I, I do think that it's great for the, uh, probably, you know, we, we, we had hoped for a long time that, oh, who's the right person to take down Trump, right? Like, who's going to step into the public sphere and, like, just give him a taste of his own medicine and be, like, mean and beat him up? And uh-huh. everybody thought it would be, like, during the Republican primaries, remember, Chris Christie took some shots at him that were really lame. Marco Rubio tried to, like, take him on head-on and was so terrible. Jeb Bush was just the lamest, oh, yeah. weakest <laughs> sauce that had ever been made. And then everything Hillary did was, like, a terrible, you know, millennium millennial meme that was yeah. just like, Donald Trump is not Bay, And everybody who like tries to take him on i don't i don't care who it is like you know anderson cooper or fucking uh joy behar or uh or kathy griffin they they all end up looking just kind of dumb Mm -hmm. but the perfect people to take him on are high schoolers because they're so fucking mean (laughs) and they're so like and they're so cool and they're young and they're like and they're mean and they can really just yeah, so I don't know, man. There's no silver lining in a situation like this. Um, you know, it's, there's nothing good about it, but it just just the ridiculousness of this new cycle since the last time we went off the the air has been amped up to to new levels of absurdity, and um, you know, it it kind of really makes us like question what this show is about. Sure, yeah, because uh, especially if we're going to keep having the same fucking conversation over and over again about, you know, this president, the people that actually believe that he's not a fucking con man, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's difficult. I mean, it's, it's a hard time to be doing something like this. That kind of brings me to my next thing, actually, my my, my A block. I, I wanted oh, okay. to get your to get your feeling on this. There is no good comedy about Donald Trump. There's no way to do good comedy about him. There's no way to poke That's fun. Hard. Yeah, it's it's also self evident, and it's it's such obvious jokes. There's no way to elevate it at all. I was watching this. Uh, I guess it was like an extended preview or something of this. Um, our cartoon president. Have you have you seen this? Have you seen anything? Is this? <laughs> is this? Uh, didn't Colbert do this? Colbert did this. He's a yeah. I, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I heard about it. It just looks. It's so unfunny. There's no good jokes in it. There was yeah. um this fusion thing that happened over the summer where or over the winter break where. They did like Donald Trump. There's a lot of animated Donald Trump shit going around. There's a lot of uh, podcasts that get that Trump um, impersonator, the guy who fucking doesn't sound anything like Donald Trump, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, the, the, nobody sounds like this guy. He's the most impossible to impersonate person. For the, for somebody who has so many unique ad, 
uh, attributes in their speech and so many weird ticks and like th- I haven't seen anybody do a good impression of him. That uh, everything that Alec Baldwin does is unfunny. Like I, there hasn't been a single in all of those. Put try putting aside just your general hatred and watch those shows for just the comedy those sketches that Alec Baldwin does on SNL and there's not a joke to be found in there. Will Ferrell was fucking hilarious as Dana Carvey was fucking hilarious. I mean, the guy that did Clinton who I don't even remember his name because I think he dropped out of comedy. Daryl Hannum. Daryl Hannum. Grail Branham. <laughs> was his name Grail Brampton? Um, that guy remember was... Other, remember when Phil Hartman used to do Clinton? <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. Like the yeah. Warlords. <laughs> McDonald's French fries. <laughs> the best, um, the best SNL joke from back in the day was just when uh, they would be like the Gap girls. The and, uh, they were all, they were all the girls that worked at the Gap, and Chris Farley would be would be like laughing like a girl, and uh, David Spade would say something about like him eating too much, and he'd say, oh. "Back off, I'm hungry." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um. Oh my God, man. Yeah, I can't. I can't Have you seen anything funny being, politically uh, lately? I mean, John Oliver started up again last night. Uh, it was just I, I'm watching that shit, and it's just like uh, the formula. I think is losing its potency. I, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't see anything happening. Well, I had a comedy. few good bits. I, I can't really remember no. anything right now to tell you. But yeah, I know you don't like him. But yeah, Bill Maher's got some good bits. All right, yeah. <laughs> dropping n bombs. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a that's a that's a that's a clear the house moment right there. Let's not have that conversation today. Are you sure? <laughs> that's the next thing on the list. I have, you didn't see? I did an updated. Um, I sent an updated version. It has just n word all over it. God damn it. Um, no, dude, I Bill Maher is not my cup of tea anymore. Again, he harkens back to this day, this era of like late Bush era, late Bush era animosity, uh, you know, excitement for Obama, you know, that generally not affecting your life in a day-by-day basis, but just being aware that the president sucked and you didn't like him and uh just being happy and for some people elated when another you know what we thought would be a um, diametrically opposed point of view person a person with a diametrically opposed point of view took the white house and also you know gave us permission to be proud of ourselves because like we had done something not racist for like once <laughs> ever we, we behaved not racistly and like that gave us permission to all be you know patting each other on the back in the streets and um and it was i guess there was a, a level of detachment maybe cuz i mean how much do you really remember thinking about the bush administration from 2001 to 2008 i mean we weren't really paying attention to that shit we were like no. getting drunk and partying and you no. know in college and you know we watched video clips of him being an idiot yeah, and like we went to like we went to Bowling for Columbine and you know Fahrenheit nine eleven and they, but they were just movies that we were like we walked out and we we're like oh that sucks you know and yeah. it was it was different and also we were dipshits like you and I were just you and I specifically I don't mean the world 
I'm not saying the world it's always been dipshits but you and I really specifically from during those years which like right. constant constitute our 20s basically the 2000s were our 20s mm-hmm. and uh and yeah we were fucking pieces of garbage um and then everything was just sort of on cruise control with obama like it was very easy for you to um he was kind of too cool to make fun of and also like the people who were attacked who you sort of trusted or believed who were attacking him from the left the people who were saying that he's a warmonger which he was and he was you know uh, you know, the least transparent president ever, which he was, and the most secretive president ever, he, which he was, and who he committed a, a war criminal, which, frankly, he was, you know? He was all those things, and he was not the hope-and-change candidate. He was a down-the-middle candidate. He was a 1980s Reagan-style Republican. It, mm-hmm. Really, if you think about it, that's like that's what he was. And um, But for some reason, I don't know why, you know, maybe it was just coming off of those eight years of bush maybe it was just not caring yet enough uh it was really easy to sort of lay back in the cut not this stuff is a fire hose and it's like trying to get mad at a fire hose you just fucking can't right just thing after thing day after day just keeps getting crazier (laughs) did um did you see pitch perfect this year no you mean the movie with the perfect three with the girls singing yeah yeah, no. I are you fucking kidding me? Are you trying to a thousand times? Are you trying to play it like you're too cool to see that movie? All the movies that you saw last year? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, I didn't expect that <laughs> to boom- boomerang back on me so quickly. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's pretty fun, but I mean, you know, I don't know. So I was just reading this article, uh, a medium post. With, I mean, most medium posts are garbage, um, but this one I thought was pretty funny. Um, I paid to see a movie about singing. I got 90 minutes of Pentagon propaganda. And the author, um, Caitlin Johnson, uh, who's a journalist, poet, and utopia prepper, I guess as opposed to like doomsday prepper, she's a utopia prepper. Um, she wrote this piece about how uh, the the movie, which I guess takes place during – I haven't seen it either. I can't pretend I have – <laughs> takes takes place during a backdrop. It takes place in a backdrop of um, you know, like I guess these girls are performing for the military, and the the military is presented in this very positive light, this very sort of um, soft imperialistic light. And uh, I just thought it was funny that I think of those movies, and I thought maybe you could weigh in on this a little bit because. It turned out that she wasn't wrong. Like that, that wasn't an accident. It wasn't just a, a, a organic love for the troops that the um, screenwriters or the director had. It was uh, the Pentagon was involved, and the military was absolutely involved in the creation of the movie. It was propaganda. So part like, but a much softer propaganda than the. Um, remember, two or three years ago, there was an action movie where it was just it was pure action, and it was a bunch of scenes, and they were like real. Navy SEAL operators that were like carrying out operations, but it was a it was a fictional movie, but there was very little acting. I don't remember the name of this movie. Maybe you do, but um, it was terrible. But it was it turned out that it was paid for completely by the by the U.S. government. I do remember that. I don't remember what the name of that movie was, but yeah, I I totally remember that. And then you were telling you were telling me more recently about the Clint Eastwood movie where they actually get the real troops to go in right. there and yeah. and act. Which actually, I, I, I found out afterwards that I I don't. 
I don't think in that particular instance they were soldiers. Maybe they were soldiers who in that in that event were off duty, but regardless. They were off duty, but they were furloughed. They were or they were like um they were yeah, they were just but you know, once a troop always a troop, you know. Exactly. So like it, you can it, it's the transitive property of of uh fetishization. So uh you can be fetishized no matter what you're doing as long as you ever were a troop, you know, like they'll always sure. it'll it'll always be some weird tick in our culture where we have to <clears throat> have to say thank you for your service even though you know it probably is just one of those things i think about like psychological type uh, you know when i think of the thank you for your service uh, you know tick in our culture i think of what it must be like to be a character in a david lynch movie where the, or or show where there's something that's just so unsettling and repetitive and dr- and becomes kind of like a brain bug that drills into you and makes you throw up on yourself that's what it must feel like when you think about the shit that these people have been through and they come home and every person that they meet and they tell them that they you know served that they're oh well uh, thank you for your service just because it's drilled into their brains that they feel like they have the funniest shit was when you told me the thing about larry david where he's just like hey how you doing (laughs) i love that that's incredible i still haven't seen that episode but i want to see that um Yo, I am so far off topic right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I don't know. What's your What's your opinion on that kind of shit? Do you Do you think that that's? I mean, there's. It's not like this is journalism. There doesn't need to be some sort of integrity in making movies. I guess you can have it funded by whoever. But sure. you know, what do you think? Uh, I I think that's. In, I I almost want to watch the movie now with that. You know, just yeah, see yeah if, that understanding. Yeah. Yeah, see if you can tell that that's what's what's happening. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 as long as a movie is entertaining and you know it makes me think a little bit, that that's that's what I look for out of entertainment, and that does not bother me. Uh, just like I can separate art from the artist, you know, and some of my favorite, you know, movies or albums were made by pieces of shit, you know. A few months back, a group called Insurge Intelligence published a report that released thousands of military and intelligence documents obtained under uh, Freedom of Information Act, which showed unbelievably extensive involvement of U.S. defense and intelligence agencies in the production of popular Hollywood movies and TV shows. Just from the information this group was able to gain access to, the scripts and development of over 800 films and 1,000 television titles were found to have been uh, influenced by the Pentagon, the CIA, and the NSA, to advance the interests of the U.S. war machine, we're talking about big, high-profile titles you've never, you've definitely heard of, from Transformers to Meet the Parents. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because the dad was um was a CIA agent. In, in so New just York. a character like being that, so that way you you kind of affects the way you think about those people. Is that like that could be part? Yeah, of they that. want you to feel positively about the right. work that the person did. They don't want you to yeah. show. It could be that subtle, though. It could be just something like that, just like because that that that's a way of not being obvious about it. Well, here's here's how it breaks down. Okay, mm-hmm. you're a director, you uh, or you're you're a showrunner, and you're put in charge of you know a project, and there's an element to it where a character is a CIA agent, or maybe there's a whole storyline about you know being in the FBI, and so you go out and you want to find consultants uh, who can make sure. That who can help you ensure authenticity and use the right jargon and the right slang and that there's some you don't know anything about that world so you need somebody who's going who you can lean on 
all those people that are out there that are consultants like that have lifetime confidentiality and and review agreements built into the contracts of the work that they did. So if 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 you come out and you find a great FBI consultant, that FBI consultant probably will let you know, "Hey, yeah, that's fine. You can use me, but um if this if you're going to use me in this in this uh in this way, you have to meet the criteria, the guidelines of the U.S. government as set forth in my non-disclosure contract or my 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 uh, my employment separation contract or whatever. Um, and so, as a director, you probably don't care. Uh, but it is funny how few times you see uh, the like any time that the CIA is bad or the FBI is bad or the military is bad. It's a rogue faction, right? It's bad guys that got in there, or maybe it's it's guys that like kind of lost their way. It's never like, oh, the U.S. military is fucking bad, and they're they they turned evil, right? With all the millions of like permutations of plot lines and storylines and that, that get redone and reheated and turned into sequels or get reimagined or what's the word relaunched or whatever, um, you never see that storyline come up and. Now it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I gotta blow my nose right now. I've got to blow me bonker nose. <laughs> All there is to blow my nose on in here are Bird Road t-shirts. <laughs> They're flying off the shelves. Huh? You know, I love that my failures make you laugh so much. <laughs> but my failures are a reflection of you. You choose to be my friend. Let me ask you something. You think I could find Thor Ragnarok streaming illegally anywhere? I wouldn't know. I don't look for that kind of shit. (sighs) Okay. You're you're working your way towards being my hate for the week. (laughs) Not recording now. Now, come on. Tell me. Tell me me really. I got nothing. Let's read some of these. Here's a picture of... um, Several scenes from Iron Man filmed at Edwards Air Force Base. When a writer or producer approaches the Pentagon and asks for access to military a- uh, assets to help make their film, they have to... Sub- what the hell is that? What was that? Are you okay? Did you just get killed? Did the Pentagon just kill you? It's Gina's mom's dog. It keeps scratching at the fucking door. Do you have the microphone at the bottom of the door? No, it's not even anywhere near. It's not even facing the same direction. If there are characters, action, or dialogue that the Department of Defense don't approve of, then the filmmaker has to make changes to accommodate the military's demands. If they refuse, then the Pentagon packs up its toys and goes home. To obtain a full co- to obtain full cooperation, the pro- uh, producers have to sign contracts, production assistance agreements, which lock them into using a military-approved version of the script. This can lead to arguments when actors and directors ad-lib or improvise outside of the uh, approved screenplay. So they're talking about Iron Man here. There was an angry confirmation, uh, confrontation between the Department of Defense uh, spokesperson or liaison um, and the, and John Favreau, the director of Iron Man. Favreau wanted a military character to say the line, people would kill themselves for the opportunities I have. But Strub, the, uh, the DOD flack, uh, disagreed. He objected. Favreau argued that the line should remain in the film, and according, according to Shrub, He's getting redder and redder in the face, and I'm get and I'm getting just as annoyed. It was pretty awkward, and then he said angrily, "Well, how about they? How about they'd walk over hot coals?" I said, "Fine." He was so surprised that it was that easy. In the end, this compromised line did not appear in the finished film. 
So, I wonder how much of this, how deep this is. Like, uh, it's it's funny to think of because we are so sure. I'm not comparing the U.S. to North Korea, but the people in North Korea at least seem to be somewhat able to fool themselves into thinking that they, you know, that 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 up is down, left is right, that their stomachs aren't empty, that they are actually, you know, well taken care of by their government. And um, I don't know. I don't want to be the guy that does the obvious, like, are they, are, are they really so crazy? Or are we the crazy ones? You know, I don't want to, like, be that, but, I mean, come on. Why are you Mustafa? <laughs> From Mortal Kombat? <laughs> Lion King. <laughs> Are we the crazy one? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you cannot, you cannot come here, Mustafa. <laughs> Chala, you cannot go to the to Wakanda again. <laughs> People think I don't, I can't do an East African dialect, but I can. <laughs> brother, we are brothers brother. in arms. Brother, we are brothers in arms. We should not fight each other. Have you seen um, Black Panther yet? I want to see that. Yes, I did. I'll did bring it up get... later in the show, though. I just want to know if you got beaten up. <laughs> yeah. I brought protection. I had, I had a black brought a condom? <laughs> you brought a condom to Black Panther? Yep. What did you know. think was going to happen? <laughs> Please, put this on. If you're going to do it, at least put this on. <laughs> do you think you ever wanted to kick my ass would stop because of that? <laughs> This guy's fucking weird. This man. guy's really weird, man. I was gonna whip this little white boy's ass, and then he pulled out a condom and asked me to put it on, and I just walked away because what am I gonna do with that shit? It wasn't even a. It wasn't even a magnum. No, it's playing into hurtful stereotypes. Um, <laughs> I'll probably cut that part. Nah, I'm gonna, I'll keep it in. <sighs> what do you have on the agenda? What do you want to talk about? What news items do you want to talk about? I ain't got nothing, dude. You didn't you didn't get anything ready at all? Well, you didn't ask me to. All you have Am to do I... is say, hey Dave, can you have something ready to talk about? I don't I don't have a Here lot. we go. Here we go. And it be, it fucking begins. I mean here, here's a little hey, something we can hey, talk about. Hey. I don't have I don't have like a, a list of facts line up or anything, but if you remember my hate from a few months ago. Uh, back when we first started the show, um, the the guitar maker Gibson uh, had shut down my beloved Cakewalk uh, and their sonar software that I used to make music. You gonna do um, the Cakewalker? <laughs> and I was, you know, livid and and just you know just heartbroken really about it. And I said, "Fuck Gibson," uh, you know, fucking down with that company. And it looks like any day now they're about to file bankruptcy. Yep, Gibson is going out of business. I saw that so, today, actually, too. Fuck Gibson. I don't care. You know, they make $6,000 guitars in, in an era where nobody wants anything like that. Um, you know, they could really? have just... Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Nobody wants a $6,000 guitar? Nobody wants $6,000 guitars anymore. What about rich people? I don't even think they do. Maybe like doctors or something. Yeah, doctors who can't yeah. play guitar. Yeah, <laughs> they can play like three blues chords. I'm sending you some images. I need you to um, 
I'm a little worried that the Department of Defense is going to uh, interrupt my creative process, and I, I want you to safeguard what I'm sending you. Wait, what is happening in this picture? It's really important that you... <laughs> it's important that you keep these near and dear. <laughs> Emphasis on dear. <sighs> <clears throat> Okay, I want to talk about something. You ready? Yeah. How many, because you're way more on Facebook than I am. I've given up Facebook mostly. Um, Facebook has turned into like the center for inspirational quotes. Everybody is putting like a mountainside or like a cliff or a beach and an inspirational quote. And then it's like Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah. None. Which which just proves just like the polar bear MCs were too uh, too early. We uh, I, I, I was I was too early with my deeper quotes website. Yeah, you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, tell that was people. actually funny. I I had this website called Deeper Quotes. I had a couple of people that came up with them with me, although I did the majority of them. Um, and they were just stupid made up quotes basically that sounded really real. They they, they sounded inspirational. They sounded, you know. Like like something that would really be on one of these quote sites, except for you know it was just dumb. <laughs> you know? uh, I remember just off the top of my head, uh, wherever you are, there you are. You know, just, just which is accurate, shit, which... stupid shit like that. You know, um, but uh, yeah, it would be perfect uh, for the Facebook era. I could just use some beautiful sunset pictures. You know, um, so. <laughs> They're all fake. Everyone like yours were intentionally hilariously fake. You're right. These are now we're in an era where this was this predates I was at somebody's house like two years ago and I saw a quote from Gandhi on their fridge. And I was like, Gandhi didn't say that. I looked at it right away and I was like, Gandhi didn't say that. And I like I didn't I didn't even really think about it. My and my when we left, my wife looked at me and was like, You see that, that Gandhi thing on their fridge? And I'm like, Yeah, she's like, Gandhi didn't say that. And I'm like, I know. We looked it up and sure enough, misattributed quote. Um there's a hilarious one that somehow is like going around. I don't even understand what the context is of it, but it's going around Facebook right now. And it's the best one I've ever heard. And here's the reason why. It's a quote from Margaret Thatcher. And it's it says, uh, we only need to be lucky once. You need to be lucky every time. And um, yeah, Margaret Thatcher. And it's like a, a beautiful sort of like a windswept, you know, um, uh, windswept lagoon or windswept uh, uh, coastline, shoreline or something like that. And um, what's hilarious what's hilarious about that is that's not not only is that not something that margaret thatcher said it's something that the ira said about margaret thatcher after they narrowly um (laughs) just barely missed assassinating her (laughs) you only need to be lucky we only need to be lucky once you need to be lucky every time that's so fucking hood I love that it's like floating around on Facebook now. That's amazing. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's the best one of those that I've ever seen. That's fucking ridiculous. I love it. Yeah, and, and nobody knows. No, nobody notices. 
you know, they just click share. They say, oh, that, that seems like something that could, you know, be interesting. I'll share that. <sighs> hey, here, here's a good, I just brought up the old site because it's still on WordPress, even though I let the domain expire and everything. Um, don't answer questions, question answers. <laughs> Wait, this this is the website where we got Science H Logic from, right? No, I I got that from South Park, and that that's been my uh, quote on Facebook for like a decade. <laughs> I've been in Orlando. Hopefully, like, our love hate will will take us a little or, while. No, no, you know what? Fuck it. Let the love hate be fast. Let's get done at fifty minutes. Let's put out a fifty minute podcast. No, that's cool too. That's cool too. No, you is it? Also- is it? It's cool. It's cool. By the way, you should also mention why the show wasn't on last week. Because um, I was traveling. I made a mistake. I uploaded it. Um, I uploaded it. I think we, we already recorded it. Damn. This is just like a cascading fucking like Lie. excuse tree. <laughs> no, it's bad. It's a million excuses, but they're all true. But they're just excuses. It, it was like for some reason it was like especially difficult to edit. It was just a lot of weird cuts yeah. in last week's episode. I don't really know how to explain it. It was just weird, like, editing it. Um, okay, this is the the true chain of events. I texted Dave. I was like, hey, uh, we record Monday night. Can we just do Tuesday night and we'll release it a day late? And you were like, yeah, sure. So we did it Tuesday night. I took one crack at editing it late Tuesday night. It was super late. And I went to sleep. Woke up the next morning. Had to get on a plane. I mean, just to Orlando, but it was, like, um, you know, a short short plane but i was it throws me out of my rhythm leaving my house like i don't have my gear and my normal shit around me i hate leaving my house it's the worst thing <laughs> I, yeah but when you say that what you mean is you hate leaving your front door when i say leaving my house <laughs> i mean like leaving town like i don't i don't like leaving town because it throws my my process into but whatever <laughs> until this until this job pays until this podcast pays two hundred thousand dollars a year i need to like <laughs> yeah i need to keep doing my job you know so, so we just need like another fifty thousand or so right yeah yeah because we're, we're almost there <laughs> um so uh no but i you know i have normal work i have to go do i'm a normal human being i have a, a, a real job so i had to leave town and um <clears throat> just i couldn't work up the gumption to do it during those three days that I was the three or four days I was in Orlando and um and then on the first day that I was in Orlando was the Parkland shooting so I was like fuck man this podcast sounds really not that people are listening to our podcast in huge numbers or anything but it just sounds weird to like not have addressed it and release it like 30 hours later like 10 hours after Parkland happened that makes sense and I was just yeah. like, what the fuck? And I was like, let me let a decent amount of time go by. Okay, I was thinking maybe Thursday or Friday. Still in Orlando. I'm just completely consumed with my normal work. And um, all of a sudden, it's you know Friday afternoon, and I'm on a plane back to Miami. And then it's the weekend, and I'm a fucking dad. And I just have like obligations, you know, things I got to do over the weekend. And um, I probably could have edited it and like finished the final edit on Friday night or Saturday night. And put it up, you know. I really do value all you people out there that listen. And I'm very sorry that it just got up today on fucking Monday. Uh, you know, it won't happen again. I promise. I have usually you know attention to detail. You know what, Q? I accept your apology. 
<laughs> and just to be clear, I'm the only person that edits this podcast. I'm the only like creative input voice involved. I'm the only person that does everything. Um, what you hear occasionally is like this computer generated chuckle that I made. <laughs> like there it is. You hear it? You guys hear it? We could do a whole episode like that one day, like on an April Fools or something. <laughs> oh my god. We could do an episode where um where I make you laugh at horrible things. <laughs> I'm going to make so many different versions of you laughing at at like like news of like child molesters being thrown in prison and stuff. Once knew a girl, she had a dozen boyfriends. <laughs> One of them beat her up so bad. One of them found out about it, beat her up, left her in St. Mark's. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> what a story, Mark. <laughs> Yo, I always say this and I always just sound like a lame dad but it is true uh, that my daughter is like the funniest person that literally one of the funniest pe- people I've ever met probably because she's my kid the other day we we're in the car driving and she's like uh, and she's like um, and I, I said something like oh you know you, did they teach you how to play tic-tac-toe and she goes uh, no papa it's uh, pick pack po and I was like, oh, dip dap doe. And she's like, nip nap no. And I was like, pick pock po. And she goes, <laughs> that's a good one, Papa. Like, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> she's like, that's a pretty good one, Papa. <laughs> I was like, you're a funny fucking kid, dude. You're a really funny kid. <laughs> uh, let's do love hate because I'm tired of this. What do you got? Uh, 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 um, I loved Black Panther. Black Panther was uh, this wasn't a Wonder Woman thing, right? Where people are like giving it points for you know advancing a social conversation that needs to be had while, while the movie itself is actually kind of like not that great. This is what I'll say. Here in, we go. In regards, in regards to that, okay. Get ready, everyone. Black Panther is a really great superhero movie it's one of the better marvel movies probably even top five marvel movies um but it is a superhero movie you know so i mean it's you don't like you don't like those i mean i don't think that they're necessarily special now there there are some some points brought up in the movie that i i was surprised that they you know went as deep into into things like that um, and I was really happy they did. I wish they had more. Um, you know, I, I, it's definitely a movie that I, I have some problems with. Uh, you know, like I think some of the action uh, for being a superhero movie, there, there, it was a little light on the action. Um, and some of the effects were pretty, like if you had told me this was made like almost 10 years ago, I would have believed you, you know, as far as effects are concerned. Damn, that sounds yeah. bad. Yeah, but... It is a good What was movie, better, though. this or Ragnarok? Well, Ragnarok is like, you know, that, that kind of trippy visual style. And I to me, that's fucking amazing. I, I love the visuals of Ragnarok. Um, this is definitely, I would say, a better movie because it actually has something to say. It's not just, you know, just silly fun. Um, so I would definitely say this is a better movie overall. 
and definitely better than Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder <laughs> Woman. I rewatched it recently. It's not good. It's not a good movie. The one scene, the action sequence where she storms the fucking the town. It's like mm-hmm. that's good action, I guess. That's like yeah. It's just it's it, cool to just see that. I don't know. The other problem I had with with Black Panther um, is that pretty much everyone else in the movie it's filled with so many great performances and everybody else is more interesting more exciting more fun uh just better in every way than black panther himself and uh, you know it's kind of like the mad max problem why do you say about mad max why do you say these things about me (laughs) you must not Uh, say you cannot say that about me Michael B. Jordan is fucking fantastic as the bad guy. Um, he is my brother. <laughs> you shall be excommunicated from Zamunda. <laughs> it's not Zamunda, it's Wakanda. Wakanda, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, I'm going to give that my uh, my love for the week, even though I had some issues with it. I don't love. got a motherfucking thing. <laughs> I just saw the last uh, thing you sent me. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I don't care anymore, man. I don't care. This episode, I'm not even going to say it. (laughs) You know who was onto something? MC Random. Remember MC Random would always be the first one to be over a trope. He would always be like, man, fuck these George W. Bush jokes. They're so fucking stupid. And we were like, what are you talking about, dude? He's like, you shouldn't make fun of the president. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you remember? Yeah. He thought he thought Anchorman sucked like when it came out. I haven't been engaging the way that I should with, with You've been people. just out of the loop. Stuck in Orlando. Everything is so much about Donald Trump right now. It's so hard to like be paying attention to the news and uh like there's so many more important things happening right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well it's funny, like as far as hate is concerned, like I-, I keep trying to think of things that I hated over the past week. And I'm like, what could you really hate more than the fucking the the response to the gun control argument, you know what I mean? It's so hard. Like there there was this story here in Vegas where uh, um, all these bunnies were poisoned or something. Oh really? And, why don't yeah, you look at the Why don't you look yeah. at the image I just sent you? Oh god! I haven't even brought it up yet, Amari. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's why I'm sending you all these absurd images. I don't know how yeah. I'm gonna, you know, convey this them. This is the planet. This is this is Earth. This is this the is planet. I don't know. I'm like I don't know how to convey them in the editing of the podcast. I'm gonna have to like make a collage or something and share it with people. <laughs> they, like so, you all see like what images I was sending to Jewish Dave during this Just episode. Pure stupidity. Jesus Christ. Oh, there's no point anymore. <laughs> 
And everything we come up with just keeps getting stupider. Like, look at this. Reading glasses just got futuristic. And all it is is, like, those glasses that um, pinch your nose and hold on to your nose. And But it's unmashable. And so it's, like, it's filmed in slow motion. And now you're fucking <laughs> supposed to like it. <laughs> How about new eyes? Why don't we get new fucking eyes? You got new eyes way back when you were, like, 18. Yeah, they're starting to go. Oh, really? Th- that happens? The new eyes can go bad? They tell you uh, it'll probably eventually start to go bad, but you can't get them redone again until you're 40. And then you can get them done again, and usually it lasts till you die. But don't you think that, like, whatever... I mean, when you got that done, that surgery was only maybe, like, seven or eight years old. Yeah, I know. The, so that I means you were, like, a straight-up guinea pig at that time. I know. Time. I still can't believe. Because, you know, I can't touch my eye. That's, like, one of my things. Yeah. I, and and uh, did they knock you out for that, or did you? Have no, to stay away? they can't oh. because you have to keep your eyes open. And you watch them. You watch them drawing the incision marks on your eyeball. Oh. Yeah, and, but I mean, they give you drugs, so you're kind of out of it, and you don't like. You're not like thinking clear, but you know you are awake though. And I don't know how I did it. I still fucking know. The doctor says I squirmed more than anybody's ever did it to. And yeah, because you're like a little bitch. You're a little yeah. baby back. I, I am, especially when it comes to my eyeballs. Can you believe Luther Campbell only has like 47,000 followers on Twitter? Isn't that weird? I guess. He's huge down here in Miami. He's a big, Still? big deal. Is he like yes. the Flavor Flav yeah. of Miami? No, he turned into... Uh, no, he's way better than Flavor Flav. He turned into like a well-respected um, uh, uh, football statesman. coach. No, not a statesman. <laughs> no, but somebody was posting about like like the argument that people are having about um, whether or not kids should be allowed to... You know, like 18-year-old kids should be allowed to... You know, should have... You know, well, just the larger conversation about how much do we protect kids from... You know, like and the, and the way the conservatives were saying, like, you know, of course, because when you the, the through line for their logic is that, you know, you can't protect the kids in the school. You know, all you can do is arm everybody to the teeth and hope for the mm-hmm. best outcomes. Right. And somebody was like, does anyone remember like 25 years ago when conservatives like were banning Uncle Luke for because they didn't want kids to hear the word pussy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like the the feds literally like put out a, a warrant for him, right. like they didn't want kids to hear the word pussy. But being mowed down in class is okay though. That's fine. Of course. That's the kind of joke I don't want to do, dude. I hate that shit. It's like a John Oliver joke. I don't like it anymore. I don't like it. I want to elevate to something else, something weirder and more. I don't know. I want the commentary to be baked in. I don't want it to be on the nose like that. I, we, 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 we need to start having like writing sessions, I think. Yeah. Where we sit down and we come up with crazy, like it needs to be like super jail. It needs to be something so weird and outlandish. And you're not even sure if you learned something by the end of it. <laughs> I think it should just be, we should have a second show. You wanted to do two episodes a week. We should do two separate shows. God damn, that sounds like so much work. I'm going to have to hire some kid in the Philippines to, to do all this editing, man. I know. But I can't afford the $5 a week. <laughs> you were saying that um, 
you get all your your gigs or a lot of your gigs off of just random, I guess, like Odesk shit that shows up in Google alerts. Yeah, I mean more Craigslist than anything, but Craigslist yeah, those, those sites too, though. Yeah, definitely. This just in, Marvel head Kevin Feige says, uh, "Black Panther." He <laughs> okay says Black Panther is the best movie the studio has ever made. I mean, like I said, I would definitely put it in like the top five. I don't know if it's the best, but it, it's it's good. You know, it's definitely good. I would say Hotel Rwanda is number one. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, that's a uh, something I was thinking about while I was waiting for it to start. How long do you think it's going to be before Marvel Studios produces a film that's not a Marvel movie? Wait, I don't get it. Why would they? Just because they they're so hugely successful in the world of film now. Okay, but they're the but you now but now you're like now it's like a chicken or the egg question you're posing because any intellectual property they acquire becomes a Marvel movie. Like well, if, right? But I'm saying a movie that's not a comic book movie. Oh, um, I'm curious because because they've also they've been branching out a little bit with their uh, you know with, with their themes like their uh, you know Ant Man was a straight up comedy. Uh, you know, Thor Ragnarok was kind of its own thing. Um, I know, think now the they've, got, they've got that horror one coming out yeah. later this year. You know, and um, uh, Legion was incredible, which was Fox. I know that's not really Marvel, but right. like what my point in bringing up Legion and also Marvel's Runaways is that um, the comic book thing—you can't just keep doing it. You have to find new ways to reimagine it, which I think we talked about before. Right, um, we talked about it during that TV episode a little bit. Yeah, how you can't just. Like the third one of those Marvel Netflix shows that came out, I was just like, okay, dude, okay. Yeah. Well, um, that, that's actually one of the best things about Black Panther, aside from the, you know, the issue of the representation and and seeing a movie that's like ninety percent black people, which is really cool to see. Um, one of the best things about it is that it it doesn't follow the traditional Marvel formula of you know they introduce you to this this guy. Uh, you know, he shows that he has some kind of powers. He fucks up and doesn't save everything. He, you know, gets his power back and then he saves the world. You know, it, it doesn't follow that same structure. And yeah. so that's why, you know, it seems like they're, you know, maybe it's just a one-off thing, but it seems like maybe, especially after this next Avengers comes out, maybe they'll start branching out even more and trying new things. And like, I could see like a cop movie or something with that same, you know, a Marvel sense of, you know, action, the same Marvel sense of humor, you know, um, that isn't one of their comic book properties. Well, what's funny is that I think one of the movies that was so big, you think it's possible these days for movies to be so big that they kind of get underrated or slept on? Like, I, I think the last really, really huge Marvel movie they did, the the Captain America um, Civil War movie, mm. if you... Th- quietly look at that movie uh you know sort of dispassionately year like what is it like two three years later since that movie's been out um that was an incredible movie the fucking the bad guy won the bad guy won and he had no superpowers no costume no nothing he was just a dude i mean he was baron zemo but baron Z- he wasn't really the baron zemo that you know baron from zemo. I don't even remember that guy's name. <clears throat> yeah, his his name was Zemo, but he was playing this sort of 
you know, classical Marvel villain named Baron Zemo, who is a typical flamboyant costumed villain in the in the comic books, but um, a longtime antagonist of Captain America. Uh, but he wasn't that guy. You remember, it was just that actor. He just he was just a kind of a spy or like an operator type dude, and um, and he won. He beat the Avengers. He did defeat them, which is incredible. He split them in half and beat them. I thought that was a really I don't know, under talked about well, element of that I know, movie. I notice a lot of people, like nerds especially, who list their favorite Marvel movies, that that one does usually end up towards the top of the list. Yeah. People people really did seem to love that movie. I'm trying to remember what the bad guy even looked like. He was the actor from um oh, fuck man. He's been in a million things. He's in a TV show now, uh called um The Alienist. Was it Daniel Bruhl? He's like a German-looking dude. German He's kind guy. of yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was in that Cloverfield movie. Yeah, yeah. He I, was the he was like the I main character like at the beginning of the first twenty minutes before I shut it off. He was yeah. the main character in that Cloverfield movie. Yeah, I don't really like that guy. I'm sure he was good. What's your problem, man? <laughs> What's your problem, man? By the way, I was I was just randomly watching uh, Walk Hard yesterday. And I, I forgot at the end what do it. You do not, not want to do these drugs. You do not want to do this, man. This is not something you should do. I cannot repeat myself enough. But I forgot at the end when they're doing the big tribute concert with all the big stars, and Ghostface comes out to do a rap verse to his. Oh God. <laughs> no, but that was a fun, a really good joke because that was in that moment of like 2006 when that was a thing that was going oh, on. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what my hate is. I don't even know if I did a love. We've been doing this love hate shit for like twenty minutes now. Usually it's like three minutes. Um, I hate trying to get any news in Las Vegas anymore because I try to prep to talk about our two areas. Right? What if this podcast is about anything? It's about me and you and our friendship. If it's about anything beyond that, it's about sort of news and, and culture and things like that through the lens of, you know, two cities that are kind of unique, Miami and Las Vegas, right? Because that's what we've chosen to kind of make it about. And um, Miami's easy, dude. There's all types of blogs. There's all types of people talking about stuff. There's uh, reliable public. There's two pretty reliable papers um, and then like two other ones in Spanish that are, that are pretty reliable Spanish language papers. If you know how to read Spanish, it's, you know, a lot of different news sources that you can rely on out here um there's whatever the typical shitty abc nbc cbs fox affiliates the networks and stuff like that um there's no source of good news in vegas the review journal is a fucking sewer and it was never a good paper it was never a good paper it was always a like whatever slightly right-leaning hawkish you know kind of uh retrograde type of type of paper but now it's a fucking just a shill it's just like reading fox news it's awful if you even have the slightest inkling or understanding of what their agenda is and what sheldon adelson's agenda is and like you can read through all you can see through all the headlines and know exactly what it is that they're trying to the uh, response that they're trying to elicit okay 
But that's the fucking paper of record for that city. That's the yeah. main paper. Where the fuck do you people get your news anymore? There's nothing coming out of like we make fun of. This is my thing. I told you about, and we're gonna have a full episode about this one day. People make fun of Florida, rightly in a lot of cases, about the ridiculous stories that come out of here. But you look at a story like Nevada. I feel like you don't even see whatever the fuck is going on in Nevada because there is no press and no sort of access. That's that. that, that there's no function that's bringing things out. Um, there's no reporting happening. Uh, you have like these really small you know, funded journalistic, pro- you have these really small journalistic programs like the Nevada Independent, which is, I mean, pretty biased in, in its own right, but, you know, whatever. And, uh, like, little things like that. But there, where do you people, like, figure out what the fuck is going on in your state or in your city? Yeah, I don't know. I, I really wish I knew. All I see is people sharing news from either, like, outside of the state reporting inward or yeah like those local affiliates of like you know the 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 major stations and it's like you know you're absolutely right though there there doesn't seem to be a a real good source of news for las vegas the las vegas sun in 2008 won a uh, a pulitzer for public service and um proceeded to just go completely out of business like when i i'm i shouldn't say literally completely because they're not they're I think there's, I don't know, a handful of people still running that paper. It's not really a paper anymore, right? It's just sort of like a news aggregation service or like it, it's just a bunch of AP stories whenever I look on their website. Like, I, I don't know. But is is the Las Vegas Sun like present anymore in, in the Valley? It was a good paper. I mean, I think it is. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it just seems like it's a very opaque city, which it always was. The weirdest stories, the weirdest things that happened in Vegas never got played. like the things that you and I would hear about and that we would see like just just really disturbing weird shit happening in, in that city you would never see it in the newspapers like it never came out um and it, it even I think one of the one of the most undertold stories ever think about the 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 giving it the sort of um the modern treatment the sort of who did American Hustle again? Your, your guy that you love? Uh, David O. Russell. Okay. Imagine uh, giving the David O. Russell treatment to the um, to the whole Operation G-Sting. You remember that? The Operation G-Sting story? In, no. uh Okay. Um, you remember the guy? This was There was a, a Democratic uh, city councilman who Darren and I both knew because we, like, played sports with him and we, 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 we knew him. He was, like, an up-and-coming Democrat at the time named Dario Herrera. And he was this. Oh, yeah, very... I remember you were talking about him when we were hanging out. Yeah, yeah. he was this like very well regarded, um, you know, like the DNC had his back, and he was one of those like up and comer types. And he had a big family, big you know Mormon family, and uh, he was a Mormon of um, of Cuban descent. I think his parents were had been from Cuba, and he come to find out that this was when they raided Crazy Horse Two. And they found all of the documents that leaked back to him and Aaron Kenny and a whole bunch of other, uh, whole bunch of other local politicians who were basically getting sexual favors or under the under the table cash payments for zoning variances and shit like that. But it was an incredible story, like the details of it, the way that it came to light. The guy, do you remember the guy that got paralyzed in the back of the um, of of the strip club? 
he got beaten he like got the shit kicked out of him and got paralyzed and they just like slumped him in his car yeah you don't and you lived through it you and i fucking like saw this shit happening and we were at crazy horse too very frequently <laughs> like we you don't even remember that shit that was an yeah, incredible no. story that would totally do you remember the story the summer we moved to vegas um uh, not steve Wynn, but the other billionaire dude the guy who owned the adelson. no 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 this is before adelson's time this is oh. old vegas binion do you remember the Binion oh, yeah, story yeah. with the silver buried out in the middle of the desert? And yeah, I remember he went out that. there with his girlfriend and she killed him and all that. That another one, dude. That's a story that needs like the David O. Russell or um uh fucking uh who's the guy that did the master? Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. That kind of a treatment. Like imagine that story written that way. <sighs> I don't know. I I I, I weep for Nevada. I'm off on a tangent. This is like my third tangent in this fucking episode. <laughs> I think we're good. You think we could find that silver? Yeah. As long as we don't get deep dicked by the deep state. <laughs> <laughs>